computer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grace, Peace, and Balance podcast by Gabi Abdelkadir. Today, I have an incredible friend, an incredible leader, an incredible guest for you. Her name is Juanita Kapp. Did I say it right? Yes, yeah. perfect. Kapp, we call her Jay as well. So uh, here is a very short bio. She's into so many things, but I'm going to sh- read a short version of her bio. Juanita Cup is the owner and founder of the Meticulous Moments podcast, which facilitates community upliftment through leadership development. She loves her role as an entrepreneur, and she holds a master's degree in theology at the Northwest University. She has also been a public speaker for the past 15 years. Juanita is an enthusiastic martial artist for the last six years. I wouldn't want to mess up with you, Juanita. Connect connect with her. Uh, I will be posting her uh, website and her social media links. Trust me, you need to connect with her and maybe you you can be a guest in her podcast of Meticulous Moments as well. Juanita, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much, Gabby. It is such a wonderful privilege to be with you this evening and you are just a phenomenal person. I'm blessed to know you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So one thing I didn't mention is you are in South Africa. So people, Canada and South Africa is in the house today. Right? Absolutely. Power team. (laughs) I know. Power team Canada and South Africa. So Juanita, tell us a a little bit about yourself growing up as a kid. What were you like? I know who you are like right now, but I would like to know how growing up, what were you like? Yes, absolutely. I would love to do that for you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I grew up in uh, South Africa on a beautiful game farm called Fenton. And we also had another game farm called Jeanette. And I remember as a little girl, how hunters from all across the globe came to hunt the game and they would oh, come wow. and visit us. Yeah. And they would take the, you know, the skins back home and we would make them biltong and druivors, which are delicacies here in South Africa. It's dried meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I had a single mom mm-hmm. and she was just amazing. And she taught us all the Christian values and morals. And she was taught us to do the right thing the right way. And, you know, she just wanted us to live with integrity. So growing up, I think in school, if I think back now, I just see God's grace on my life. I, Because I grew up without a father, I was still discovering myself. I always felt like I had to prove a point. So I was involved in practically everything in school. Oh. I did everything from athletics to public speaking. That's where it started to, you know, uh, a drama and all of that. So, yeah. I was a very um, athletic person as well. I am still today. That's why I'm in the martial arts as well. But growing up, I, you know, I always just, I always felt that we should just treat people with dignity, exactly. all people. And that's always been something that has stuck with me throughout the years. Yes. Oh, so uh, I went to university, did my master's degree in theology. And in 2020, I had this, what I call a tower moment. Four of the things in my life really crashed and burned and everything that I thought I knew about life and love and God and family, everything changed in an instant. My uh, Because the COVID happened, my ministry started failing because the church is closed. 
my my marriage was failing. I was finishing my master's degree in theology, which I could, by the grace of God, complete. And my mom was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. Oh. So I always tell people, all of those pieces of my life really shattered. And God just brought it together in this wonderful, beautiful mosaic uh, uh, object. And hence, I call my podcast Meticulous because I really feel it's the culmination of all these wonderful, you know, things that just came together to make something beautiful. Yeah. How is your mom now? My mom passed away. They yeah. gave us three weeks to live, but she ended up living three months. And I'll tell you about that uh, if I can elaborate. I used to go sit because it was lockdown and I've always lived, uh, you know, far from my family. I moved to to start a church. I came mm -hmm. to plant a church because I've been a pastor for 15 years mm -hmm. and I lived far from her and they put us under complete lockdown for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard that the doctor, you know, when they took her up in the hospital, she wasn't allowed in COVID to take a phone or a bag with her. Wow. And she, um, they told her, they sent me a message and they told me that she only had three weeks to live. And my calculations were the following, but we are going to be in lockdown for three weeks. And I sat on the corner of my bed and I have a beautiful home that overlooks the Eastern Cape Mountains. And during the morning, there is a certain time where the sunlight flashes, you know, into my room. And I used to go and sit on that corner of my bed and look at that mountain. And I would pray Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from God who created the heavens and the earth. And I pray two things. I'd say, Lord, I ask you two things. Please make sure she lives until I get to say goodbye. And the second thing is, please let her remember me. And she ended up living more than three months. And I was able to travel with her with a permit because I was a pastor. I am a pastor. And then I, I got to spend the last five days of her life with her. And it was just amazing. She remembered me. And we just had a wonderful time together. Oh, that is so sad and so sweet at the same time. But she is not in pain, right? The way I see it. Absolutely. Is, uh, she yeah. was ready to go. Yeah. 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 So the same thing when my husband passed away. Because I have seen him struggle for two and a half years from this cancer and the chemotherapy. And I wouldn't wish it to an enemy if I had one. That is how horrible it was. So Absolutely. I said to my friends, remind me in my will, I'm going to write it in my will. If God forbid this stupid disease has to show up in my life, I don't want to take chemotherapy. I honestly told the chemo was going to kill him before the cancer did. It was Absolutely. now I understand. I hear now that it's they've improved it, it's not as bad as it used to be because this was back in 2012, 2008. He passed away, right? So, yeah, so yeah. it was, but I hear that there is a lot of improvement. But cancer is like a nasty, nasty disease, and if it's not yes. caught early on, yeah, yes, it is bad. Absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah. people think like they have a headache. They don't go mm. check, you know, then the headache could be from something else. So when something is consistent, it's a good idea to go have it checked. That is my yeah. advice. So may she rest in, in heaven, your mom. Um, yeah. yeah. So you finished theology and then what got you to become a pastor? That's my question. 
Oh, well, that's a story. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought, I always loved public speaking. I did public speaking in school. So I, you know, I went and I told my mom when I was in matric, I said, mom, I want to be a marine biologist because I want to work with dolphins and whales. And my mom said, there is no way that I'm going to get on, I believe her words were, you're not going to get on a rubber duck and go out into the ocean, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave that up. I didn't do that. Um, And then, you know, after school, I went to university and I started studying pre-primary teaching and and I went into the world. And as a young lady, you know, I, I kind of left behind all the discipline she taught me. I, I always believed in the Lord, but I, I veered away from the church and the, the things that my mom had taught me that were important in my life. I'd mm-hmm. call it maybe a phase of rebellion. Yeah. And then I went through a very, very traumatic experience. And that really brought me back to the church. And, you know, I went to church one Sunday, just the church. I just picked the church and I went to church. And I've always been a singer and a songwriter. And I was sitting in the in the service and this wonderful gospel band started to play and I thought you know I grew up in the church I grew up believing I should always give my gifts and my talents and my time and my resources because that's how my mom taught us and after the service I went to the pastor and I said may I be a part of your band and he said of course you may so that's how it started I I became a part of the, the church band I felt like I was getting back into the church and and then they put me in a young adults group just to make friends, you know. And pretty soon I was the secretary at the church. Then I became the youth leader. And before oh, wow. I saw it, I was the youth pastor. And then I started studying. And from there, I became assistant pastor and a senior pastor. So it was God's plan for my life because yeah. I never thought I would be a pastor. Never, uh, never dreamed of becoming one, but I love it. Yeah, sometimes uh, God knows or the universe knows what aligns what we're supposed to be doing. That is Absolutely. so true. Yeah. yeah. Okay, talk yeah. to me now about leadership. How did you get into the leadership, into the personal development? Yeah, over the course of the years, you know, Gabby, um, my mom was a very uh, strong leader in my life. And she really taught me principles, you know, of living your life. I, 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 if I look back, I see it is biblical principles that she, she really pressed on us. But she was a strong woman. She was the matriarch of the family. And uh, I just always had a heart for leadership. And uh, I, I always had a heart for people that, you know, maybe were seen as the underdog or maybe the, the one with the broken wing or the runt of the litter. You know, I, I'm always... Uh, busy with people like that, raising them up and trying to teach them leadership. So through the years of ministry, I made sure that I always stayed in, in tune with the corporate world as well. I okay. always had more than one job. I was a pastor in the day. I would study in the night, but I would also have another stream of income uh, in the corporate world. So I had a lot of uh, jobs during the last few years. And through that, I could really take the principles I was learning in the church and the principles in the corporate world. And it, it kind of sculpted me to, to feel like it's something close to my heart. So at church, I would always give discipleship courses. I would always give leadership courses. In the corporate world, I would give leadership courses or I would take groups of students under my wing and I would you know just teach them how to conduct their committees and everything. So 
it's very close to my heart. And when everything happened in 2020, you know, I kind of refocused. I came back. I lived with intention because my mom told me on the day before she passed away, she had already lost her hearing. Oh. So I had to write on a board, but she could still speak. She couldn't swallow really because we, we knew it was close. Mm -hmm. And then she took my hand and she said, I've taught you the right thing the wrong way. And I said, what do you mean? I wrote. And she said, I always taught you, give of yourself continuously. And that's what you've been doing. And she said, you know, I've seen you in the ministry. You never have time for yourself. You're always burned out. You're always tired. You started the business in 2013. You haven't done anything about it. And she said she was 65 years old. She thought she still had 20, 25 years to live. She wanted to go places. She wanted to see people learn instruments to play, start businesses. She was very innovative. She was also an entrepreneur at heart. And she said, don't make the mis same mistakes that I made. She said, when you go back, then you live with intention. Now You are going to do the opposite of what I've done and taught you. So when I came back, I started working on my business. And, and in 2022, this year, I was on a, um, a mountain. I love hiking. Okay. So instead of looking at the mountain and praying, when I came back, I started climbing that mountain in 2020. And this year, while I was up there, the mountain is shaped as a, it's actually shaped as a, as a lion. It looks like a lion. I'll share the picture with you. When I was on that rock, I thought to myself, you know, I love being meticulous. And so the Lord started speaking to me. And then I thought, you know, moments are so important. And it was just like a puzzle coming together. Wow. So that's where the podcast came from. By the time I came down the mountain, I had the whole, uh, you know, business plan in my mind of what I was going to do with the podcast. So leadership is, it's integral because, you know, I see with the counseling practice that I have, there's always been this chasm between salted leaders and upcoming leaders. And COVID just made that chasm so much bigger. Yeah. I see so many people struggling. So that is really why I say community upliftment through leadership development, because we want to assist these young people that are looking for, for direction. Yeah, so true. So true. We did a whole episode. We talked about the episode on this one before. So you focus on the upcoming generation. Yes. Or like you focus on everybody, present leaders, good leaders, and not so good leaders. Yeah. So that's very you, broad. Very yeah, broad. Very so broad. it's very broad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I see you're interviewing leaders, but they're like adult leaders, not yet into the yeah. youth leaders. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Talk to me about the new program that you started uh, named Captor. Tell, yes. the, uh, tell the listeners what captor means, what it is about, and how it came about. Absolutely. You're going to love this, Gabby. This was just amazing how it all unfolded. So now I have this podcast, and I start uh, you know, interviewing leaders, and then I become a part of the Connected Leaders Academy, of which yeah. you are also a part. Yeah. And you know, I meet Alejandro J. Tornato. Yeah. And we just connect and, you know, he invites me to a virtual coffee and we have this discussion and we just click yeah. and we just, you know, it just gelled. And Alejandro is like a big brother to me. I mean, we just enjoy talking, you know, all topics. And, you know, as we discussed it, I said, why don't you come on to one of my sessions? Let's do an interview together. So he was on an interview 
But before we had the actual interview, he contacted me and he said, listen, we need to do something together. He said, let's start the project together. Let's start the business. I said, you know what? I was thinking about that because, you know, we get along so well. The synergy is so good. So he said, let's think of a name. And I went home and I thought of a name and I came up with the Kaptor, you know, the connection that we have. But Kap is my surname and Tor yeah. is part of his surname, Tornado. Yeah. yeah, so I put together this whole plan and I, I contacted him when we had a meeting and I said, let's call it the Captor Connection. And he loved it. And then he stopped. And I thought, what's happening now? And he started laughing. And I said, what are you laughing about? Because I started <laughs> laughing. Yeah. And he said, you know, he says, Captor sounds like Raptor from uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, Raptors, yeah. <laughs> So we started laughing and I thought, you know, that's a wonderful way to market it because it's something unique. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll do the logo. So I designed the logo. And as we were talking, we, we, we discussed that we really want to do a conference. So, uh, you know, I went back to the drawing board. He went back to his drawing board. I put a plan together, you know, how to structure the conference, presented it. And then he, you know, we went through it and we did what we wanted to do in there on the PowerPoint. And then we formulated the Captor Connection Conference. And my slogan that I had from the beginning was, I want to capture your heart. So he said, you know, it's so funny because the raptor, you know, in Jurassic Park now captures people. And yeah. then he said the slogan ties in with the dinosaur theme. So yeah. it's the Captor Connection Conference capturing your heart. Yeah. And it's going to be online. And it's going to be 11, 12, and 13 November. And we have... 18 phenomenal international speakers, of whom you are also one of our wonderful speakers. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. We are happy to have you. So happy to have you. Thank you. Yeah, you've got a, quite a lineup there. I see uh, uh, most of them I know very well. They're incredible. Like yeah. the Denise LaRousse, the, uh, I don't know, um, Kirke is definitely amazing. He's been in my podcast. So was Dennis. And uh, is Lee there, Lee Grigsby? Lee Grigsby is not on the on the team this time, but he was on my podcast. I mean, what a fantastic guy. Oh, oh my goodness. He yes, amazing. he is incredible. Yeah, so yeah, I saw a lot of them. That is, they are like from our group, uh, CLA group. And I was yes. one of the first 30, 40 people who actually joined CLA. You know that. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, because That's when amazing. he was talking about it and I said, what is this about? He said, okay, let's go. Like we went on Messenger, right? He yeah. started explaining to me what the CLA group is going to be about. I told him, sign me. And I didn't even give him a chance to go any further. I said, sign me. <laughs> I was one of the first 30, I think, or 40 people who signed up. We are now close to 250, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, Almost yeah. 250, I believe. That is yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Great and group. then through that group, thanks to Jose Escobar, I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for CLA. I wouldn't yes. have met like a lot of these incredible people like Lee, like Dennis, like Kirk, like Tim, like uh, Tim Burt and uh, oh, Bruce, yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, Bruce Serben and Carmen Gonzalez. Oh, Marilyn Morales. Oh my God, mm -hmm. love her. Yeah, a lot of these That's women, her. incredible uh, people. How many can I mention? There are tons <laughs> of them. 
And yeah, uh, yeah it's an uh, Jose has just created such an incredible group. Yeah. It's unbelievable. What I like about him is he doesn't have the ego issue that I have seen a lot of the leaders mm -hmm. have. He yeah. is huge into supporting everybody in the group. He is he encourages collaboration. He encourages people support each other. Um, yes. I just love the way he is handling the whole uh, the whole meetings, the whole team, and the whole everything. Yeah. So yeah, like that's how we met, and I'm so blessed we met. So grateful Absolutely. that I met you, and I met a lot of great people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Same to you, my dear. I just absolutely love you. I mean, we have the most wonderful discussions, absolutely. And I reiterate what you say about Jose. I mean, he is just a fantastic leader. Yeah. I met, actually, I met Raul first. And then Raul introduced me to Emilio. And Emilio introduced me to Jose. Oh, so I always wow. tell those three gentlemen, they are my top three brothers in the world. I love them the most. <laughs> Raul was my first love. Just so you know, Raul, like, I just love that guy. It's not <laughs> even funny. Like, oh, my God, he is so, he's like one of the sweetest human beings, right? Yeah. There are a lot of them, but, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm so happy he's doing great things also. He just got certified, like, uh, John Maxwell <laughs> certified as well. All of yes, them did, a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. and Jose. And Dennis LaRue, I mean, you mentioned Dennis LaRue. Let me tell you. I he was already, though. Dennis yes, LaRue was, was always, yeah. He's been uh, yeah. a Maxwell leader, like, for a long yeah. time now. Yeah. Very, very good leader. Strong, strong personality, authentic. I mean, I I am so fond of Dennis. He's also going to be at the Capital Connection Conference as a speaker. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Raul yeah. is going to be there, I'm guessing. Raul? Yes. Yeah. Raul and, and then Jay. my fellow Canadian Gordon. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So a lot of great people and uh, it's incredible. Like there are so many great ladies as well, not only guys. So um, yes. yeah. Thanks you. Thank you, Jose. If you're going to watch this, thank you. We connected us with so many amazing people. Otherwise we would have never met. So thank you very much. I love CLA and uh, yeah. So talk to me now about the martial art thing. How did you get, well, you said you were very into sports when you were younger. So, but yes. why are you doing martial arts right now? When do you have the time? My question is knowing you and knowing where you are, what you've been doing. My question to you is when do you have the time for martial arts right now? <laughs> okay, so funny story. In school, I did tennis, I did cross country, I did athletics, I did swimming, uh, you know, I did hockey, I did all of that. But when I went to university, I kind of put that on the shelf. I, I focused more on my studies and speaking public and things like that. So yeah, yeah at uh, around 2016, I was in a situation where I, I had to learn self-defense. Yeah. So I took my son to karate class and I saw such a tremendous growth in him, you know, emotionally intelligence, that intelligence that he built up, that confidence, his, his, his physical well-being, emotionally, mentally. I thought to myself, I also want to go and experience that because, you know, being a pastor is a very highly stressful 
uh, vocation. Yeah. So oh, I wow. thought it's good for me to go and, you know, just release that stress and go for the self-defense. And then my daughter said, okay, well, she will join. And we started as a family to do that. So it's been six years. We do karate, which includes kumite, kata, bladed and wooden weapons. And then we do kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, which is grappling. Yeah. And we do self-defense and fitness. But, you know, karate really saved my life, uh, especially with my, the passing of my mom, going through the divorce, a lot of things in my life. You know, if it wasn't for my, my dojo and my sensei and my karate, I think I wouldn't have handled things that well because oh. the dojo is kind of my second home. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm not here or at the church, I'm at the dojo. So I make time. I set out those three hours every day, Monday to Thursday. Over weekends, we practice at home. But Mondays to Thursday, those three hours in the afternoon, there's nothing else that I book. It's karate time. Oh, and wow. sometimes I get there and I'm so tired because, you know, maybe I didn't sleep. Or maybe I slept two or three hours. Let me tell you, Gabby, the wonderful thing is by the time I leave there, I feel like a new human being. I am relaxed. Yeah. That is why you don't get so tired staying so late. Now I know your secret. But it's my secret. I know. Now I know your secret because I always, I look at you in the meetings on Zoom and I say, how is she doing it? Like for heaven's sake. And then, yeah. So anyway, so one question that I have for you, that's going to be very pivotal for parents with smaller yes. children. You said you were doing the pastorship. You were working with the corporate. You were speaking, you were teaching. How did you manage with small children when you have kids and a husband and doing all that work at the time? We're talking time management as a parent right now. How do yes, you do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. My my ex-husband was a pastor with me. Okay. And what I did was I looked at my schedule, my general schedule at church. Okay. And I sat him down and I said to him, you know, in the morning we have church office hours. In the afternoon we have like home visits. Okay. And then we have our karate. And in the evenings, we have activities at church. And there used to be a time where we had activities at church every single night. And I said to him, we should do the following. We should homeschool our kids. And I did. I actually homeschooled my daughter until matric last year. She got just got accepted to the say at the same university where I attend. So she finished the school. And I, I taught my son until last year, grade three. My daughter is teaching him this year because she's freeing up my time for me. But I started homeschooling them, Gabby, because I said to him, you know, if they go to school, then we have home visits, we have karate, but that's not time that we can talk with each other. It's disciplined. You you do your kata yeah. and you train. You don't yeah. talk to each other. And then I'm at, at church at night and they're doing homework. When will I see my kids? Because weekends were all also church. Yeah. So I said to him, you know what we're going to do? We are going to homeschool the kids. So he was busy with, you know, other things that interested him. You know, maybe he did the administration here and there and things that he wanted to do. But I did my admin, my bookkeeping, my things. And I taught my children. We all sat around the same table. 
and I taught, I homeschooled them. And that's how I was able to normalize their life because at least they saw me for those few hours mm -hmm. and we did the extracurricular, you know, activities with them. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible. I think uh, after the COVID thing also, that's a great advice for a lot of uh, parents. And yes. uh, I, I have noticed that since COVID, a lot of parents are actually deciding to homeschool their little children. Once they're yes. like grade five, six, it's a little bit yeah. difficult. Like the high school is a little bit difficult, but when they're little, they've decided that they're going to homeschool their children. And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, because Beautiful. schools were closed too, yeah? But it, some of them, they don't even want to go to school uh, anymore. I understand some of the kids, yeah. they're happy at home. Uh, yeah. You know, the fridge is right there. They can eat anytime and the mom is there, you know what I mean? And they're studying online and then they have the homework. And then the parent, one of the parents has to sit with them because otherwise they don't get disciplined. Yeah, that is yeah. that was such a great uh, advice uh, for a lot of parents. Thank you. Thank you very Listen. much. Thank yeah. You. So I'm going to ask you a question that you had asked me when you interviewed me. Okay. Yes, what, yes. What, are, <laughs> what attributes should a good leader possess? Yeah. I love that question and I ask it often because it's something that's very important. And yeah. when I hear the answers, it helps me to do introspection. Mm -hmm. A leader, in my opinion, and I mentioned briefly earlier, has to have that compassion and that empathy for people because, you know, you can't lead a team if you don't build relationship with them. If you don't know their story, if you don't have compassion and empathy with, you know, their situation at home. So dignity, treating people with dignity, having compassion, empathy, discipline is very important. Discipline is something that I would put on the top of the list and integrity. Very, very important. We cannot lead people. We cannot say, you know, do as I say and not as I do. That doesn't work because the world is watching. I always said to people when I was, you know, uh, when the, before the COVID, of course, people would go out. I see everything's normalizing now. I always, when I taught other pastors, when I gave leadership training to the younger pastors, I would always say, you know, you can't sit and counsel someone who is an alcoholic or a drug addict or, uh, you know, that maybe they have another thing that is bothering them in their personal development and tell them, don't do this and don't do that. And then that person passes you in the mall and they see you had one too many drinks or you're busy with something else because that cancels out every single thing that you've taught them um, because they are going to think you're a hypocrite. So integrity, very important, compassion, empathy, and treating people with dignity and building that relationship. A leader should be disciplined enough to, to first lead themselves before they lead others, before they lead in the corporate sense, before they can lead with the stakeholders. So it's really something that snowballs, but it yeah. all starts here. It has yeah. to start with me yeah. and you and the other CLA members. And there we go and we network out and we really, we really spread those attributes. We show it to the world because the world is always watching. 
Is, we don't realize it, we forget, but they are watching us. They're all watching. Yeah, so true. Very well said. And uh, the world needs more leaders now than ever. So Absolutely. I totally, totally appreciate what you just said. So Thanks. before I ask you for your final word, I always ask two questions to my guests. So if there are three countries that you want to visit before you die, that you haven't visited, but you would love to visit three countries before you die, what countries would they be? I would love to go to Japan. Okay, one. Because I want to go see the cherry blossoms. That's okay. on my bucket list. Okay. I would love to go to Spain. Okay. And Kirk and I have this thing. He makes a joke with me always because my name, my name Juanita is Spanish. Uh -huh. But he says my surname Cup is Gringo, and then we laugh, you know. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then his name, he says, is Gringo Cook because he's named okay. after Cook from Star Trek. Okay. But his surname is Jimenez, which is Spanish. Yeah. But I would love to go to, you know, the Canary Islands in Spain and just uh, visit Spain and just learn more about the heritage. And yeah. then, of course, I would love to go to America because, uh, and that is something I'm going to do soon because yeah. I've always wanted to travel to the States and I was going to go in 2020, but then COVID happened and all my plans got canceled. <laughs> yeah, I know. Eh? So you're going to the uh, co-author network event January 7, right? The Absolutely. January yeah, 6, 7, 8, something like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Ibiya yeah. asked me to present there. And uh, I'm also part of the AMA family with you. Oh, yeah. I uh, yeah, just yeah, love yeah. them. I mean, Emilia yeah. and Daniela are just phenomenal. I love very, them too. Very phenomenal. Yeah. So I have yes. known Emilio like for years. I saw him in Canada here uh, as part of the speakers. Wow. And then yeah. that was it. And then one day I see him on Facebook like a uh, few years yeah. ago and then I say oh my god I remember that guy he was incredible and then we became friends and the rest is history right yeah and then I met Daniela through him yeah yeah lovely his, people in my yeah. family now they are our family I know I know the energy yeah absolutely yeah. so that is yeah. that those are beautiful choices uh, yeah. from what you said I think I've only been I've been to the U.S. in several uh, states, but uh, I've been to Spain and I have been to the Canary Islands. The Canary Islands? Oh, wow. my goodness. I, I'm going to share some photos with you when I have some time from there. Yeah, and uh, I always, me and my friends, we also wanted to invest in a little condo there where we can rent it at certain point and then we go stay in it as vacation. That's how beautiful that place is. Wow, that's yeah. a good idea. You should really look into that. I, that, I, that was when I, I was in the Middle East, yeah, but uh, now I think it's so different now, though. I, I wish I'd have done it then anyway, but but it's beautiful, so that's a good choice. Um, yeah, so if there is one dream that you haven't fulfilled, but you would love to fulfill, what dream would it yeah. be? One. One dream that I haven't fulfilled that I would love to fulfill. There's so many. <laughs> I know. Just one, the top one before you die, what would it be? Yeah. Well, I've always been a singer and a songwriter. And as I've been, uh, you know, pastor the last 15 years, I've also been a worship leader. 
So I always dreamed, I don't know if you know Delirious, Martin Smith. Have you heard of the gospel band Delirious before? No, I don't think no, so. Delirious, yeah, they, they sing beautifully. Martin Smith, I mean, when he starts singing, I can just experience God, you know, and the Holy Spirit. And I always said to myself when I started out in the ministry, but they, they're not a band anymore. But Martin Smith still makes music, gospel music. So I always said, oh, I want to play and sing, you know, my play my guitar and sing with Delirious because I would just love to feel what it feels like on that stage when they Aww. sing Rain Down or History Maker. Or So yeah. that's always been a dream of mine. So I never give up on my dreams. There might just be a chance one day. You never know where they come back together to do a tour or something, and then I'm going to be there. <laughs> Yes, and we have Jared Miller now in our group. Maybe the yeah, two of you yeah. could do a song together. Who knows? Yeah. He believes yeah, in the same things you do, that. and I love that guy. Like, and he's just yeah. released a new song, but the, who knows, right? We yes, both are from actually. the CLA family, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah who absolutely. knows? So that's a good thing. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. So. Thank any, you, you're welcome. And like any uh, last words of wisdom for the yeah. audience? I just want to say to the audience, you know, sometimes we have these self-limiting beliefs. Sometimes we don't believe enough in ourselves. And sometimes we really have this passion that we want to pursue, but we, we're so worried about what other people will think. I want you to put that aside today. If you're in the audience and you have this, maybe it will sound silly to some people, but it's really important to you. Yeah. Forget about what other people think about you. Oh, yeah. Just go out and live your dream. Because if you have a passion and you have a talent and you don't pursue that, you are not only stealing from yourself, you are stealing from everybody who would have been uh, inspired by what you do. Mm -hmm. Just Give of yourself, enjoy life, focus on the things that make you happy. Yeah. There's really nothing holding you back but yourself. So if you're in the audience and you have an idea or you have a plan or a project, but you're not sure what other people will think or say, forget about that. If everybody, if Walt Disney had to worry about what people would say when he started out, or if the people that, uh, you know, anyone that has created anything of note, so would have worried about what other people said. They would have never done those things. If I had to worry what people said when I started in 2016, you know, um, doing martial arts as a pastor, I mean, in those years, six years ago, it wasn't heard of. If you're yeah. a pastor, you're not doing martial arts because it's something that's Eastern and everybody always thought there's some, some religion connected to it. Yeah. So don't worry about what other people say. Do what makes you happy. I always say with passion and purpose me, that is where the magic happens. So exactly. give of yourself and enjoy your life and just be happy. Life is short. Be happy and enjoy. My God, you nailed it. Oh, that was beautifully done. Thank you so much. I can't thank wait you. to have you again. Thank you. Thank you. That was a beautiful, beautiful interview. Until the next episode. So, Everybody, I hope you enjoyed. Please download from Podbean. Those of you drivers, you can download it and listen while you're driving. Those of you who love to watch the video, go to the YouTube channel and watch the whole episode. Until the next episode, wishing you grace, peace, and balance. God bless.